Welcome to today's episode, Town Meeting listeners. Now, there is going to be an announcement at the end of the episode after coffee, so please stay tuned and do not click off because it's a pretty important announcement. But till then, enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, this is Sandra. This is Jess. And this is Emily, and you are listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls rewatch podcast. All right, and we're back. Just the core trio of Sandra, Emily, and Jess today. And we are going to be discussing 8 o'clock at the Oasis. Jess, are you trying to imply that I'm not a special guest? I mean, exactly. you're the specialist 100%. guest, but you're also... <laughs> A regular. <laughs> I am a regular. It's fine. Um, Guys, I have the summary this week. It should be fine, though, right? Because realistically, what happens in this episode? <laughs> Do tell. Well, we'll find out in 30 seconds. You ready? Count me down. Okay, three, two, one, go. Lorelai meets two men this week. The first, Peyton, who she meets at an- the antique auction Emily invited her to, and the second, Dwight, the man now living at Beanie Morrison's old place. They each come with their own problems. Peyton is boring, but is also Emily's friend's son, causing both Emily and Richard to get involved and eventually forcing Lorelai's hand. Dwight, however, just wants his lawn watered, and also his violets, and also three times a day. Thankfully, Rory's there to help, or maybe drown the lawn. Fortunately, Jess both saves and then unsaves the day while looking fabulous. The end. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, perfect. One second to spare. And you covered everything of importance. Literally, what like else happens? <laughs> At this point, I feel like you were oh. just looking thing, looking to add things in. I know what you missed. Um, cheesy bread. Cheesy bread. Oh, yes, the cheesy this, bread. The, cheesy the fight bread with debacle. Pete that we don't yep. see. <laughs> oh, you know what else you missed? How about that schnitzel? Mm-hmm. Which is how we start the episode. Yes, that is how and we the start the episode. Guys, is this episode a little misogynistic? Um, it starts off that yeah. way. I mean, the opening sure is. Yeah. Uh, we start with them going through the town. It's still peak Halloween season. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I want to like jump into this scene and live oh, there. Me too. It's so cozy and there's pumpkins and like, oh, I am so excited for fall. You see all the memes that are going around right now that like fall is coming and then they just have That's the when pictures they gain of their power. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, yep, exactly. And they go to Luke's. Luke's is packed. As we've seen, Luke in is having morning, a very yeah. good season this summer. Yes. Yeah. He's rolling in the dough, except he has these customers that apparently come in, take up like three tables, and don't order anything. Well, he, no, and he just calls like them two ICs. The J Crew catalog, but yeah. I do not associate J Crew with people who have children. I think like young, like wasp business professionals, people, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. No, but it's like it's like a parent group who bring their kids and they want to have coffee and sit together with their babies. Like I was part of a play group when I was little and all the moms would get together and they'd bring all the kids and we'd do this. I honestly always assumed it was siblings. I think there's too oh, many. No, yeah. I, I thought the same as Jess. Like it's like a young a couple with child group. <laughs> yeah. Young parents anonymous. <laughs> Although one of them is balding, so I don't know how young they are. <laughs> Uh, you can bald very early. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's I know fair. that much. <laughs> but yeah, they all have babies. And, um, okay. I will side on Luke on one thing. Going to a restaurant, taking up three tables and not ordering anything. So crappy. Yeah. So don't do it. Don't That's do not it. cool. No. No. And we're in a point where, like, Luke is the owner of the establishment. So technically he's not trying to turn tables for tips. But don't do it. Like, you are costing somebody money by doing that. Yeah. Rant over. No, but, I mean, I agree with that point for Luke, but then he almost immediately loses us. Ruins. He gets... So, they have babies. Obviously, the babies need to be fed. So, the women... um, I think it's one woman in particular. She starts Mm -hmm. breastfeeding. And, oh my god. Luke is afraid of it. It's like this man... Yeah. He wants to go over there and tell her to stop. And I just, this debate has been, like, raging, honestly, since about this time. Like, since mm-hmm. the it's very topical. early 2000s, I know. Yeah. You just hear about it, and it's like, it's disgusting. It's like, it's literally the most natural thing on Earth. <laughs> literally. Boobs are not placed on women's bodies for men's sexual entertainment. Y'all figure that one out on your own. They were placed there to feed babies. Yeah. That is the point of them. <laughs> If you have an issue with it and you want her to go to a dirty bathroom with fecal matter floating around in the air to feed a newborn or however long you child, however old child it is, just you need to reevaluate your priorities. Yeah. And it's been a debate. You're right, Jess, for a while now. And I think it's Mm -hmm. still a debate. It's like you guess where I fall on that debate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, as the mom of our podcast, that absolutely makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I know that like in the workplace, it's getting more common where you are required to have a lactation space for Mm -hmm. new moms. Yeah. It cannot be the bathroom in a lot of places, which is good. It should not be the bathroom. I mean, places where I've worked, I had new moms who had to use my supply closet because it was the only room that had a lock. Like, it's gross. And this situation with Luke, this is a mom. She's out with her friends. She's doing something natural. The only thing that is even slightly humorous about this moment is when Jess comes down. (laughs) Honestly, it redeems the scene a little bit because Jess's Mm -hmm. expression is so funny. Yeah. And he's a teenager. (laughs) I don't expect him to have any kind of opinion on breastfeeding Right. Like, I can see him as a grown man in his late 20s and his 30s, like, fighting the same fight to be like, no, it's fine, it's natural. Mm-hmm. He just seems like he would eventually get there, but no 17-year-old boy wants to walk out and see that. No. I, I get it. And there's also one other good line, which is when uh, Luke is saying, Lorelai, go over there and do it. You have the same parts. And she says, you are going to be a bachelor for a long time. <laughs> What what's the line? You're not afraid of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Luke. <laughs> There's a uh. comment there. I'll leave it alone. Um, we're going off to the next scene to the inn, and uh, like, 
guys, this episode is just so shameful to everyone. Um, now we hate fat people. Uh, this is where we are now. Michelle got pillows thrown at him or something. Mm-hmm. So um, somebody and- was not nice to Michelle. Exactly, and he can't handle it. He can't. And honestly, everyone sucks here. The people shouldn't have thrown pillows at Michelle. But and Michelle you shouldn't, shouldn't fat shame people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, whatever. And it's interesting. I feel like, obviously, Michelle is this character that we see a lot of food focus on, calorie focus. He's very health conscious, especially in previous seasons. Season three, mm-hmm. we've seen a much, uh, like, fewer Michelle bits per it, episode. It comes down. Yeah. But this is, like, the first instance, I think, we have of him being, like, truly fat shaming. and Because mm-hmm. usually he's focused on himself. This isn't yeah. focusing outward. Uh, yeah. Not cool. But... Again, I keep harping on it. I'm sure our listeners are tired of it, but we're seeing the relationship build between Lorelai and Michelle. Like, mm-hmm. even though he's grumpy and she's being flippant and weird, they're clearly colleagues who are friendly right now. Mm-hmm. It feels more like banter versus outright, like, antagonizing each other. Yes. I agree. And speaking of antagonizing someone, <laughs> Emily calls. The antagonistic person does call. And she's in charge of the Society Matron's Lee Annual Antique auction wow what a mouthful (laughs) and she's inviting Lorelai to come of course Michelle overhears this and he's like I want in yeah this is (laughs) can we can we talk about Emily's converse like their conversation real quick though because I gotta say Emily and Lorelai's conversation also kind of feels like banter at this point Mm -hmm. like Lorelai starts going off in a bit Emily's like let me know when you're done yeah I agree they were Emily was, like, sarcastic in this episode, and mm-hmm. honestly, you can see Lorelai. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it was very yeah. much like, this is a mother-daughter duo, in the same well, way that Lorelai and Rory are. Lorelai asks Emily, like, what's going to be there? And she goes, oh, some canes, a couple walkers, we finally got mm-hmm. this person to give up their teeth. And it's like, yes, this is where <laughs> Lorelai gets her wit. Yeah. There's no question about it. And this phone call, we don't usually get a lot of positive phone calls to the inn from Emily. Yeah. This is, like, purely positive. She is calling mm-hmm. because she genuinely thinks you might be interested in some of these pieces for work. And tops it off with, you will hardly know I'm there. I have other things to do than harass you at this auction. And so... I mean, that seems to be the case. She's yeah. truly just being kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. It's nice. We don't see this very often. No ulterior motive. And she's cute and gardening. Like, I love a gardening Emily moment. (laughs) I love her hat. Like, I don't know. Everything ties together so well with her. Um, She does look super rich, which Mm -hmm. she is. So it makes sense. But what I love, though, is that Michelle, like, you know, jumps onto this and is like, basically hinting, take me before he Mm -hmm. has to say, let me go with you. Outright begs. Yeah. Uh, Lorelai asked for way too much in return. Right? Yeah. Like, any one of those things Mm -hmm. would have been fine. All of those things. Little overkill, Lorelai. Like, it's just going to an auction. Mm -hmm. That he really wants to go to, though. I mean, he really wants to go. And I know that auctions are, like, private. But he probably could have gone without her permission. If he had I'm called Emily sure. directly, yeah. she would have been like, please come. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I guess there is a buy-in uh, to even go. And I bet... I don't know how auctions work. I don't either, <laughs> but I I bet there's a buy-in. I bet you have to buy a seat. 
That makes sense. Could Actually, it's for- it's a rich place, so like. Yeah. Any of you rich people out there know how au- know how auctions work? Let us know. <laughs> Either way, uh, Michelle is coming, but he has to sacrifice his weekends and also his sanity with a bird group. Uh, good luck, Michelle. I don't know. <laughs> if it means that much to you. Clearly, yeah. it wasn't too much because he agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Guys, so many things happen off screen in this episode. We get so many. Um, in the middle of fights or in the middle of whatever the schnitzel thing um yeah yeah that schnitzel and now we come to the next scene where they're arriving home lorelei had a fight with pete the pizza guy who i thought was named joe but now you can have more than one pizza guy (laughs) i think joe's the delivery guy yeah Mm -hmm. with the hair right he's got like the big Uh, hair yes okay guys is lorelei a karen I mean, I think without I think the thing is, everyone has it. it in them to be mm-hmm. a Karen. That's fair. Lorelai gets real close, especially like we've talked about with her at hospitals. Some yes. extreme oh, yeah. Karen behavior. Mm-hmm. This does sound kind of rude. Kind of Karen, yeah. Yeah. And she even feels guilty afterwards because Pete gave him the free cheesy bread. And it's even hot, which means it's fresh cheesy bread. Mm-hmm. It wasn't leftovers that he thought, oh, I like these girls. Let's give them. It was hot, fresh cheesy bread. And they're upset about being charged for a topping? A topping that they've added to their <laughs> pizza? I mean, there is only one place that I know of, which is Mod Pizza, where you can put whatever toppings you want on your pizza and it doesn't add to the cost. Depends on how many Most toppings. places you pay per topping. Yeah. Like Pizza Hut, the most generic pizza out there, get a two-topping medium pizza. Choose whatever toppings you want. But Exactly. But if you put a third topping on there, you do have to pay for, for it. it. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe things were different. Maybe back in the aughts, like, I wasn't buying my own pizza and I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I have very specific pizza opinions because I'm from New Jersey, so it just comes ingrained in my brain to think... Every other pizza besides New York and New Jersey pizza sucks. So Mm -hmm. I understand garlic on a pizza, but like I'm hoping they mean powdered garlic and not like chunks of garlic. garlic. Oh, I love roasted garlic on a pizza, like whole cloves of roasted garlic. I'm with Sandra. My perfect pizza. Let's take a moment because this episode, it's a filler episode. Let's be a little filler podcast. Mm -hmm. My favorite pizza is a pepperoni with a marinara sauce roasted garlic roasted bro- uh, broccoli caramelized onions black olives no cheese perfect pizza wow gross yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i feel very strongly that i'm going to get roasted for my opinion on my pizza it's okay go ahead pineapple and ham hawaiian is I a legitimate it's, pizza yeah. it is but it's so great. many people hate pineapple on pizza but you know what my mom makes shish kebabs and she puts pineapple on her shish yes, kebabs and like yeah. a warm pineapple is Grilled delicious pineapple is bomb my mom's pineapple go-to is just in general right it just and bite mm-hmm. and bacon yeah. throw some bacon on there while you're at it oh yeah um i gotta be honest uh cheese pizza with roasted pepper flakes uh garlic and oregano this sounds good perfect yeah. i had yeah. roasted pepper flakes for the first time on a pizza the other day and i was like what have i been doing my entire life yeah, why have i done this the whole Clearly time not eating the right pizza, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> anyway they get the free cheesy bread 
And while Rory is going inside, Lorelai is accosted by a strange man. I have the same word, accosted. Like, <laughs> she was straight up just, like, attacked by this man. Yeah. See, I put Shanghai. <laughs> right? That, that also is works. the vibe. Absolutely. That also works. Do you guys know the history of the word, like, the term Shanghai? Is I it racist? So... It, I I read this in a book, and it's been a very long time since I've read this book, so I could potentially be wrong. But what I am remembering is basically in, like, I think it was in, like, Elizabethan England. Um, if you wanted to get rid of somebody, you could throw them on a boat to Shanghai, essentially, and they'd be gone for months, years at a time. Banished to Shanghai? I mean, that tracks. <laughs> like, if you put somebody on a boat during that period of time, it was just like, yeah, all right, good back. luck. Yeah. Shanghaiing or crimping is the practice of kidnapping people to serve as sailors by coercive techniques such as trickery, intimidation, or violence. Engaged in this form of kidnapping, basically press gangs, and were specifically used to impress practices for Great Britain's Royal Navy. Mm. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, he doesn't kidnap her, but Dwight does kidnap Lorelai's time. Mm -hmm. Before we get too much into it, though... I just want to mention real quick, Lorelai says, you know, my name is Lorelai, and if you see a girl with a halo and a book, that's Rory. I yeah. hate... <sighs> Again, she's up on this, pedestal, this perfect man. pedestal. Yeah, yeah. even I mean, two Rory... strange men that Lorelai has no trust for yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... Lorelai specifically says, you're perfect. You do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Multiple times. What a downfall, man. What a what a fall she's going to have. And yeah. you can see it building. Yeah. And I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't know if it's foreshadowing. I don't know if Amy had this plan in mind. But you can definitely see. I think see she did. Where the plan- yeah, maybe. Um, but yes, Dwight. Dwight is here. Yeah, he's he annoying. moved in across Not the Dwight way. Shrew, just so we're clear. Across the way in Beanie Morrison's old place, which mm-hmm. I think if we were going to Does get... Does mean she died? Well, the thing is, if we were going to put our little detective hats on he. and look he. at, like, the map of Stars Hollow with the inclusion of this gentleman, I am so lost. Because when no Jess idea. eventually runs there, it appears to be, like, around the corner from, like, Main Luke's. Street. Yeah. Which would imply that Main Street is one street off from the Gilmore Girls' house, but it and, takes And, like, their them... backyards back up, supposedly, right? to Dwight's like, house? I just don't understand. And we we probably shouldn't get into it, but... Oh, no, definitely not. Um, I've never he heard the, the name Beanie before. It feels very waspy. It feels very rich person nickname. Like bunny? Like a bunny or a kitty yeah. or... You said it's a man, though, right? It is a man because he... he... Uh, Lorelai says he. Uh, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. Dwight says he gave me a great price for it. Unless, okay. I don't know, he means the husband. Whatever. A weird nickname for Ben? Benjamin, maybe? It could, he could be named Charles. That's like, like name. that's how these <laughs> these rich old white people with their nicknames. They could be anything. <laughs> Regardless, uh, yes, Dwight wants her to water his lawn because she says the thing that you say to every new neighbor. Hey, if you need anything, just call me. And he was Let like, oh, yeah, okay. By the way, I have a thing immediately off the bat, mm-hmm. maybe 30 seconds ago. Can you come water my lawn? Like, I've lived in my house for almost a year, and it took me like eight months to ask my neighbor to let my dog out one evening when we were going to a concert. Yeah. 
And that was literally like, open the door, let him out. We're fenced in. And you're from him. the Midwest, where it's all like, yeah. Oh, Supposedly friendly. everybody likes each Neighborly. other. Yeah. If you like our neighbors, they are very nice. At least those ones. But yeah, uh, Dwight kind of pressures her into it. Um, he has met Babette, and he says, oh, have you met Babette, or do you know Babette? Next door? Honey, who doesn't? <laughs> Oh, well, he also tells her that he has a terrible marriage um, that he just escaped from. Just way too much information. Yeah. Okay, like, I know I overshare. I am well aware of that, but, like, not to this extent. He seems like a very lonely man. He does. I love it when Rory comes out and is just, like, looking for her mom. Yeah. Like, like where did you go? Where did you, were you go? just getting the mail. Um, because I've done that a million times with my mom who mm-hmm. like you remember when you were younger and you were like at the supermarket or something just for five minutes to pick something up and then your mom meets someone in the aisles and they just chat uh... and chat and now you're an adult and I'm like okay well it makes sense because you don't see this person for like a year yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and that you're just catching up but back when you're a kid you're like it's just the longest five minutes of your life yeah yep. And I'm, I'm sure that's how Rory felt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure living next to Babette, it's a regular occurrence to need to go out and save each other. Fair. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, and to be fair, what Lorelai, she's like, I'm going to go check the mail. And now we're like probably five minutes later and she's not back in. So yeah. I can well, see there being like. to the Oasis. So like. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone for I the whole thing. I can see there a bit of, of worry of like, did my mom get abducted by aliens? <laughs> and they come around to the front of the house. Mm-hmm. It's. Completely. How does this work? Who knows? It's a set. Unfortunately, oh, this is the, the answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. We move on to the auction. So it is now Tuesday. Mm-hmm. There is no. I'm not going to focus on dates. I just know it's Tuesday. We're not time holding. No, episode. we're not. Well, we already no. have, but we're not. <laughs> Again, Michelle is very, very <laughs> serious about his paddle technique. He's a pro. He's well. He's making absolutely no movements. Like. <laughs> He's moving well, his head. <laughs> Nothing what else. happens if you wave? Yeah, exactly. You accidentally buy something. I mean, that's actually pretty fair. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, realistically, as long as you don't have a number in your hand when you do it, one would think you don't qualify. One would think, um, but yeah. I don't know how yeah. I've never <laughs> been to an auction. But Emily comes by just to say hello. And um, we find out that Emily is nicknamed the Cobra. Yes. I love this so much. I love this in theory. It's so outlandish. But it makes me so frustrated because the cobra yes. is not the correct snake for the descriptor. She squeezes and squeezes and squeezes until they oh, say yes. Anaconda? Any a boa constrictor? Like a cobra is a is a like striking and then like waiting it out kind of critter. Not like a to squeeze, be fair, and squeeze, and squeeze. It sounds like Emily struck with her words, the auctioneer <laughs> until he caved. True. To come in. So maybe that's how she strikes. <laughs> Either way, I was just like, wrong snake, but I love that she has a nickname. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but we have seen this lady before, right? The DR. Yeah, I think friend? she was at the, um, at the, she was at the table when Rory got um, tea in the backyard. The Shanghai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. That's yes. the word. Because she did look familiar, and I was like, hmm, I know you. Good but for I her, returning for more. 
I don't know for sure if it's her or not, but she does remind me of the mother from Christmas Vacation. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I think it's a different lady. It probably is, but she looks like her. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so Lorelai's no help to Michelle. Michelle is doing his thing. So she goes up to get a drink, and holy crap, it's John Hamm. John Hamm yeah. is there. But John Hamm was not John Hamm, John Hamm at no. this point in time. No, he was not. But I this would is argue... one of the many instances of actor, big name now actors mm-hmm. and actresses who guest starred on the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I would argue, though, at this moment, he's pretty charming. He's a good looking he guy. Yes. He seems to have a pretty good sense of humor. He's charming. They have good banter. Like, mm-hmm. everything points to, yeah, this guy would work well with Lorelai. Guys, do you want to hear something crazy? Hmm. Ooh, do tell. That man there is 31. John Hamm right there? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, baby John Hamm. I'm turning 30 in like four days, and I cannot believe that I am technically old enough to date this version of John Hamm. <laughs> I am going to turn 31 in November, which means we're basically the same age. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm older than him. You are older than him. I'm 33. <laughs> But anyways, what the reason I looked it up was because I thought he looked a little young for Lorelai. And it turns out he is actually faced. five years younger than Lauren. Four or five. Wow. Well, Lauren would be 33 or 34 in this episode because mm-hmm. we're 32 when we start the series. Yes, so but she wasn't saying... actually 32 when she started. I think she mm. was 34. Well, I just meant Lorelai's character. Yes, 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 yes. So obviously, we don't know Peyton Sanders' He's probably supposed age to be in the show around the same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I would assume early 30s. So realistically, if you gave him the same age as John Hamm, Lorelai's going for the younger man. Yeah, and does We've not know it would be it. my guess. <laughs> this is true. But the reason I brought it up was because he looked younger, and then I was like, "Is it just because when I think of John Hamm, I think of Don Draper, mm-hmm. right?" And he's, mm-hmm. like, older and suave and everything. And I kind of see where she likes pain. I'm going to say they don't really have chemistry. I think it's forced. This, to me, feels very much like if he wanted her number, he could have he very much it. asked right? for it. Mm-hmm. This is, she is giving all the signs that yeah. you could ask for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. Which... Yeah, that's fine. He doesn't need to ask me, for a number. If he's not interested, don't do it. I would move on. Yes, mm-hmm. I would. However, Lorelai does not. And uh, the next day, she calls the auction house to get his number. Like, she remembered his paddle uh, number and everything. Mm-hmm. And of course, the auction house is like, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised the auction house is even open. We're assuming it's like 6 o'clock on a Friday. They're getting ready to go to Friday night dinner. Like, this auction house closed at 4 o'clock on Friday. I guarantee you. Yeah. And I'm glad that... (laughs) So she waited three days. The auction was Tuesday. So she waited three days. But she said yesterday. No. Don't. Okay. Pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) Um, Anyway. I uh, I am glad that Rory kind of roasts her for this because this is like... But we have to get the thing by 4 p.m. today. She says the words... When talking about like the ticket or whatever, like oh. the lottery ticket, I don't know what's okay, going sorry. on. <laughs> okay, no, 
it's next time. Continue your thought, Jess. I am <laughs> no, sorry. No, no, I'm just saying that uh, I'm glad that Roy roasts her because this feels like a very uh, irrational and immature way to go about this, mm-hmm. especially because Lorelai is doing it in the most Lorelai way. She's saying that they went to school together. She gives him a nickname. She comes up with the we won the lottery scheme. Like, it feels like something that I would have done in middle school, but I would have been going through, like, everybody who went to a party's Facebook and, like, looking at everybody in the background of every single picture. That's how my generation did it. But (laughs) Lorelai is just so over the top. And, I mean, he's cute. Is he that cute? Is he Shamu cute? I hate that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this episode was just misogynistic and hateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just, if he was interested, like, you showed interest. Mm-hmm. He would have asked for your number. Or he would be doing, I guess, the same mental gymnastics to get Lorelai's number. Yeah. is it? Or he could have approached her at any other time during the auction. Is it just a time, number. like, is it 2022 mentality? Or is this creepy? Like, if it was reversed... Oh, it's kind of creepy to me. If it was reversed and a guy was doing this and I somehow... Would be creeped out. I would be creeped out. I think it's one of those, in real life, it would be creepy. But How in I a show, this would always play as funny. How yeah. I Met Your Mother. Doppler Dahmer theory. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> it's, it, it all comes down to how it's perceived. Yeah. yeah. If you're happy they did it, Doppler? If you're not happy they did it, Dahmer. Yeah. And I mean, Peyton, Peyton seems like he's okay with it when they eventually, mm-hmm. you know, uh. do connect. But we're getting into that now because yeah. essentially Lorelai does not get the information she wants because like a good organization, the auction house is not going to give out people's information. Mm-hmm. But yes. you know who will? Emily Gilmore. But you have to ask her first. And um, Lorelai is, like, not into asking her. Um, (laughs) She wants Rory to ask her. But then Rory, like, goes I'm sorry. How inappropriate is, hey, daughter of mine, ask your grandma for this guy's phone number who you never met at an event that you didn't go to. Yeah, that conversation of, hey, grandma, mom saw a really hot guy and she's too embarrassed to ask you for his number. This is what we think he, right? Like, uh, (laughs) middle school. No. One thing that I'm going to note is that Rory is no longer shy. Um, I think she was coming out of her shell more than ever. If you compare Mm -hmm. her character to season one, she -hmm. was still very respectful when she was at her grandparents. Everything Mm -hmm. was formal. Now it's like teasing and like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Rory is an adult. Yes. Yeah, she has her elbows on the table. You know, mm-hmm. she's, like, relaxed. These are now grown-ups that she has spent every single Friday with for a couple of years. Yeah. They're now her grandparents, not these mystical, magical grandparents who they see three times a year at holidays. Mm-hmm. This is now people who she loves and respects and can voice her opinion without fear of reprisal. And um, even Richard gets into it because he's, like, making fun of Emily and the chairs we can never sit in. Richard yeah. spends the entire evening heckling Emily. Yes. I mean, Richard spends, I, I think, probably most of his private time heckling Emily. He's in a mood. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the, the comment where Lorelai was like, I wanted to get a steamer trunk, or what is it? A steamer trunk 
for, uh, for Rory, Rory to go to military school. Yep. And Emily doesn't even blink. She's like, I don't remember nope. a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Which surprises me because I feel like Emily would pick that up. That mm-hmm. it was clearly a sarcastic line from Lorelai and not accurate. So I can't decide if she's just like, I'm going to just gloss over it and let it be. Or if she, like, she actually believed what Lorelai was saying. I, I don't know. It's like she disregarded so half dry. the sentence. <laughs> yeah. Well, eventually she does come out with it and say, I met this guy. We chatted, but I didn't get his name. And Emily does provide his name. Peyton Sanders and awkwardly Lorelai asks for more information about it and Emily makes her really drag it out (laughs) Emily's not gonna just do this for free she's so smug yeah oh my gosh she (laughs) is just so happy oh I don't have his number would you like me to get his number well let's talk about why she's so happy is it because he's someone in the society yes yeah Oh, this pulls Lorelai back into their world with a man that they approve of. And Emily is also in her mind thinking it's not Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she knows. But the last yeah. time we saw her, like, mess with Lorelai's roman- romantic life, it was Christopher, right? And it was kicking mm-hmm. Christopher out. Yeah. So potentially this is, like, Emily thinking Lorelai's moving on from Christopher and moving on to a man I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like a bonding moment that Lorelai has enough, like, albeit kind of begrudging trust in her to ask this. Because mm-hmm. that's the reason it's a big deal. Never before has Lorelai asked her for something like this. Also, we should look at a little bit of growth here. Um, episode two at Chilton, we have the Chilton dad, mm-hmm. who we're okay not dating the Chilton dad, the teacher. <laughs> anyway. But I feel like there was definitely some hesitancy of not dating the Chilton dad because it was also in Emily's world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And now we have Lorelai completely open, no hesitations at all, willing to date somebody in Emily's world. I mean, to yeah. be fair, it is John Hamm. So yes, there is it that. is John Hamm. But also very <laughs> open about it with Rory. That's another yes. growth mm-hmm. thing because, you know, prior to the beginning of the show... We're led to believe that she has really kept her dating life super separate. She did not want Rory to be, you know, involved Mm. or hurt or, you know, emotionally invested in it. So this is a big difference. Even at the beginning of Max, too. Like, Rory's not supposed to be home when Max comes to the door. Yeah. Yeah. And now... She gets introduced. Yeah, Yeah. it's wild. So we go on to the next uh, scene, and... Again, we're in the middle of the conversation. We don't really know what's happening. Um, They're late. And they say it's because the clock is wrong. And all I can think of is daylight savings. And they forgot to turn their clock. They didn't fall back? Yeah. So November? It's early November, right? Like November 4th? Usually, like the first week of November. Yeah. But wouldn't that be... Because you don't, they didn't have cell phones at this time to to keep track of the clock. Yeah, you would have to manually turn. Wouldn't that make them early though? Oh, you fall back and you spring forward. Oh yeah, you would be early. Uh, Either way, they had a they had a power outage. They had a power outage. They tried to manufacture a time loop. (laughs) We just kind of jump into that. They're rushing late. They can't go to Luke's. 
But Lorelai still needs they to water to the to lawn. Dwight's house. To, uh, and also now, not just a lawn, but also the African violets. Which, I mean, okay, so it was wild of Dwight to show up at this random woman's house and ask this favor of her. It's even wilder of him to then invite her into his home. She is a complete stranger to him. They just happen to live near each other. And yeah. um, he does say, you know... Food in the fridge. Essentially, board game. mi casa is your casa kind of thing. But they immediately start opening drawers. <laughs> and like... Well, doesn't he say something about the board games too, Oh, uh, he does. He does. But okay. He mentioned it, yeah. He, they open this drawer and I counted because yeah. I needed to count. Um, there's 82 board games. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've got a lot of board games that I do not have 82. There are repeats. Oh. oh, there's like four Yahtzees in there, but like that makes sense. <laughs> I thought it was so <laughs> Two operations. The one thing that stood out to me is he has a copy of Hungry Hungry Hippos, but the writing on it makes it look like it says Hungry Hungry Nippos. <laughs> I'm, just trying no, to figure out. I'm pretty sure it's Hungry Hungry Nippos. <laughs> it looks like Nippos. <laughs> it does. Which is not the version of the game I played. I'll tell you that. <laughs> It it really does. It looks like an N. <laughs> like, and so many of these other games are clearly, like, sorry's in there. I see shoots and ladders. I see operation. Like, there was Apparently clearly Twister. no licensing. And the N, the red behind it, looks like it's darker than the rest of the box. <laughs> I wonder if, like, this one company would not give them permission. Oh, can't have hippo. So they had to change that one box. <laughs> well, regardless, the Oasis, as Dwight calls it, is tiki themed. It's very Jimmy Buffett. And we should I mean, have known because he showed up to her house in a Hawaiian shirt. Like, this is clearly his vibe. <laughs> he would have been friends with Luke. Oh, Luke would oh have hated him, actually. No. Luke would have murdered, murdered him. him. Yeah. <laughs> if they met at a Jimmy Buffett concert, maybe they could stand next to each other and have a drink. <laughs> And then Luke would see him at Luke's the next day and be like, oh, no, you're terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get out. Well, Lorelai gets a phone call from Peyton, who uh, just got off of his jet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but it is actually dubbed yeah. when he says Maui, because he actually said Bali. But oh. there was a terrorist attack that week in Bali. So they changed oh, it to Maui. I wondered because I could. It's clearly dubbed mm-hmm. if you're watching her mouth, but I was trying to like lip read, and it looks a lot like Maui. So I mean, Maui is a good, a good replacement. Yeah, I saw that on when I was just looking up little facts about the episode, and uh, I was like, "Ooh, that's unfortunate." Yeah, but good of them to go in and like make mm-hmm. that edit because sometimes right. these things happen so quickly that it's like mm-hmm. they're stuck. Right. It happens, like, where this tragic event happens and they accidentally mentioned it without knowing. Um, I agree, Jess. I think it's a really good idea to change it. Yeah. So, yeah, Payne just got off this jet and uh, he's asking her to go to see David Bowie. Which is a really cool date. Oh, my gosh. I have an issue with a man who has a free Bowie ticket a week in advance. Who was this ticket for? 
I mean, it's a first date. It could be is for this... his ex-wife. I don't care. I'm seeing <laughs> Bowie. Well, exactly. Like, have you... I'm just wondering, like, has he gone through four <laughs> Maybe. first dates? Considering what we find out to about find somebody to go to this concert with him? Maybe. You know what? I always just kind of thought he bought the tickets right then and there. He could. He probably doesn't. Yeah, I'll find no somebody. Yeah. yeah. And then he just forgot about it. No, I mean, until... like, he bought it that day. Oh. Like, like specifically to ask Lorelai yeah. out? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he, he looks That's like he has possible. money. And also, I'm assuming they're going to New York. just flew from Maui on his jet. He has money. Maybe maybe they're going to Hartford. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't know I where like Bowie would go. But, like, I feel like it's a New York, York thing. Yeah. yeah. And since it's next week, why not have dinner tomorrow? Which is really sweet in theory. Make two mm-hmm. dates in one call. Yeah. Yeah. In theory. If you guys hit it <laughs> off, that would have been fantastic. Well, we leave off this scene with asking whether this place is creepy or lucky. And I asked you guys, um, our listeners, whether this place is creepy or lucky. And overwhelmingly, our audience found this place creepy. No surprise. I mean, it's giving the Tiki Room from Disney, but, like, without the cuteness of Disney. It's (laughs) It's very themed. It's a sad man's, like, place where he's hiding from his terrible wife, which is what we find out later. a bed and breakfast, like, (laughs) in that bed and breakfast they go to, this could be a room there. But then Lorelai would roast the heck out of it. I mean, is she not roasting the heck out of it here? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a man who has never been able to decorate anything the way that he wants to. (laughs) Yeah. And who maybe has been married to this woman since, or with her at least, since a teenager that, like, he hasn't even been able to, like, fully mature into himself. So he's picked a theme, and that's it. It gives me Party City vibes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kudos to him for, like, decorating, though, right? He's striking out on his own. I have to say, before we jump to the date scene, the the cuckoo clock that says, Mm -hmm. like, five o'clock at the Oasis, for some reason, in my head, that has stuck since the very first time, and I always know, oh, that's coming up in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk more about that in references, because it's actually a reference to something. Cool. But before that, we go to Lorelai getting dressed for the uh, date. I know we're going to talk about fashion. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. going to be brought up. I don't like these outfits. Uh-uh. I don't like what she's wearing when she comes, like, the brown on brown. No. Uh- I think the outfit that she goes out in is cute. It reminds me of what Paris wore on her outfit. Yeah, what is this, like, obsession with blouses and skirts? Is that just like a 2000 I mean, thing? I think so. Yeah. I, I can't say anything because I'm going to yeah. talk about it in fashion. We'll talk about but it. yeah. Lorelai is nervous. She's excited. It's cute. She yeah. hasn't really been on a date for a while. The last man she was with was Christopher. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. For two days, essentially. Basically. And it was false promises the entire time. Like, yeah. I'm excited for her. Right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. Peyton sucks. Well, I think it's just that Peyton and Lorelai are not the right fit. I think that somebody else would find Peyton very interesting, right? It just, 
Lorelai has a very specific type of guy that she needs. Mm-hmm. And that's not Peyton. Peyton is very into his interests, and he wants to share those interests, and he's not so great about asking about your interests. You know what it probably is? I hate to bring up Max and Dean. Do you guys remember that conversation they had about going with the bits? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like Peyton struggled with the bit during yes, the wine he didn't, scene. He didn't like her anecdote. Yeah. He's not as on. witty as that as it, as he seemed to be mm-hmm. when they first met. And I think she ends up telling Rory at one point that she tries to go a lot, tries basically do a bit and he just kind of glances over it and yeah. keeps going. She's yeah. like, mm, and done. He's very handsome, but I think he's just too vanilla for yeah. her. Yeah. She needs a guy with like a little bit of like gruffness to him. A leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> or a plaid shirt. A backwards baseball cap, you know something. <laughs> well, Fishing pole. She, she does come home at ten fifteen. Rory's already asleep or in bed, which Good I feel like is yeah. super early, but like it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's a school night. I got up at nine thirty. <laughs> yeah, I can't judge. But Lorelai's like this guy has no personality. I don't think Bowie's gonna happen. I cannot suffer through this man to get to Bowie, which I feel mm. like. I think I would still go to the concert. I gotta oh, be honest. Yeah, it's. Bowie. <laughs> like, and it's going to be too loud to talk anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. You just, you go as if you're going with a friend. Like, if you <laughs> remove the romantic element from him, he could be a weird friend. He could be like somebody from the town. Yeah. yeah. Not the right decision. Well, uh, this the scenes are pretty short, so we move on to the inn. It's the next day, and um, the auction place actually mixed up the lamps that Lorelai and Emily separately bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorelai gets Emily's, Emily gets Lorelai's. Which I'm not, I can still see the lamp that does get delivered being at the inn. I, I still feel like it kind of matches the decor. Isn't yeah. that really kitschy? Like, I think it's a little bit too ornate, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle has bought himself a bleeding bowl, which is cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> that Of all the cool things you could buy... <laughs> Well, I mean, also it's very small, and I have to assume that auction house is peddling in quite expensive antiques. Yeah, so yeah. who knows what he makes? Not much, I can't imagine. Less than Lorelai for Less sure. Less than Lorelai. Anyway, Emily is super excited to talk to her about Peyton. Peyton. She wants to girl talk. Yeah, I mean, she essentially kind of set them up, so it makes sense that she would expect to hear back about the date. Mm-hmm. Lorelai is trying to get out the door, but nope, Emily gets her. And Lorelai is pretty honest, right? She's like, mm-hmm. we just didn't connect. It wasn't, it wasn't right. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Emily doesn't take this well, but you know, she's fine with it because you guys can try again at the concert. At Bowie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That she's definitely oh, going to. But they're not going to Bowie. <laughs> oh boy. Lorelai calls him a mama's boy. For telling his mom? I don't know. I mean, considering Emily probably went through his mom mm-hmm. to get his number, it like, why would she not know? Yeah. I, at the very least, like, hey, what was what, what was Emily Gilmore asking for my number for? Yeah. Or asking for your number for? Like, that, it doesn't feel weird to me that she would know because of how the whole interaction happened. Yeah. Also, like, some adults have okay relationships with their parents, <laughs> yeah, with their parents. and they share details about their <laughs> personal lives, and it's okay. 
these two women don't have that relationship, unfortunately. No. Um, and Emily is pretty shocked about Lorelai's decision, and she kind of turns it on her. Yeah. It's always yep. Lorelai. Mm-hmm. She can never just do what she wants, what Emily wants. Yeah. <sighs> I get Lorelai's frustration. I do think if Lorelai was going to Saul, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to Bowie. She probably should have already had this conversation with Peyton so that they could just call it. But it sounds like she's like, no, we're not going to go. And she never says anything like they've had that conversation of she's not going to go with him. I mean, she essentially tries to ghost him, right? Yeah. I think that's the implication. Yeah. Yeah. Which, if you don't have plans to what I can only assume was a very expensive concert ticket. Yeah. Not ideal, but... But at the same time, if you have a bad time with somebody, you are not indebted to them. Like, they are not entitled to a second date, even if it is Bowie, even if you look like John Hamm. Like, she thinks he feels the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's just call it call it what it is and be done with it he probably came home from the date like yeah she attempted to talk incessantly and she was telling me weird stories about people i don't know like from Mm -hmm. both sides this date was not a match and that's okay yeah and that's fine we go to the next day again we get the middle of a scene um lorelei cardio salsa yeah rory cardio salsa i would love to do cardio salsa I, this was like the early 2000s craze of everybody was ordering exercise videos mm-hmm. off of infomercials. Suzanne <laughs> Tybo. Summers? Suzanne. Yeah, right. Suzanne, well, Suzanne Summers was earlier, I think. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, Beach Body. I love, I had a lot of those. Oh, I did Oh my Beachbody. God, my mom has um, so many. I have the belly dance workout videos. <laughs> those were fun. I love a dance workout. It's fun. I I understand why Rory thinks it's silly, but at the same time, if Lorelai asked me, I'd be there. I always felt silly trying to do it, but like now I'm just like, hell yeah. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> uh, Dwight calls because Babette gave Dwight Lorelai's number, which is a big, big no no. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a small town problem. Yeah. Right? Like it's too small. Mm-hmm. It's too small. Can we just agree that Dwight getting Lorelai's number through a third party is basically the same as Lorelai getting Peyton yes. Sanders' number yeah. through a third party. Yes. Totally. Yeah. It's the same thing. Creepy all around. Yes. But Dwight wants them to change up the watering schedule because he's been watching the weather and now it needs to be watered three times instead of two times. This guy is obsessed with his lawn. He just moved in, too. But unfortunately, Lorelai get a call. has a call. But she has to go to the inn, so she can't go to do the thing. So she sends Rory, and she gets this call from Richard. And we didn't mention it before, but, like, Richard is finally back. I yeah, feel like yeah this is the first time we've yeah. seen him in a while. Yeah, and um, I forgot about this phone call. <laughs> How do you forget about this well, phone call? Well, I forgot that this phone call happened in this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, the if my wife this wants the, a, the first, first cup of cup tea, of tea. Uh, yeah. that is iconic. And I love mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Let's be real. Like, we joked about how he was, like, roasting her. But at the same time, this is a man who loves his wife. Mm-hmm. He likes it when his wife is happy. He's going to do whatever mm-hmm. he can to keep her happy. And unfortunately, in this situation, it's not something that's cool. Like, you can't force your daughter to go out with a guy. I love Richard and Emily as a couple. 
Mm-hmm. Like, they are end goals. No, they have tons of belief and a belief system in place that I do not agree with, but they bend over backwards for each other over what is the silliest things. Mm-hmm. But it's because they know the other person cares about it. So, yeah, so Richard essentially calls to say that he's going to golf with Peyton's dad and try uh, to fix what Lorelai did so that they can reassess the situation and see if all she has to do is apologize to Peyton. For what? For not being into him? Like, this is, yeah. Oh, right, misogyny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, we didn't mention it, but also in a- another misogynistic little thing. Uh, you're on a business trip. Get a hooker. Yeah. Uh. Not a not a great episode all around. Um, but <laughs> I, we all said it before the uh, episode begun. There is one redeeming scene in this episode. And we and you have to wait all the way to the end to get there. I have so many notes on this, and there's too <laughs> okay. many notes. Like, there's no reason for this many notes. I just... Anyways, Rory goes to Dwight's, and she turns on the sprinklers, fine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, She goes inside to water the violets, and someone calls Doris, Dwight's ex-wife. Has tracked him down. Yes. For the board games. Yeah, but honestly, it's a lot of money. 82 board games. Each game is like at least 20 bucks. That's a mm-hmm. that's a stash. He snuck out in the night? Like, yeah. I'm not so, I'm not team Dwight or anything, but she doesn't sound like a very nice lady. She doesn't. I don't understand this lingering shot on the fishbowl because all the fish are fake. Yeah. And very obviously. I think fake. it just goes to show that Dwight is potentially a serial killer. <laughs> oh, possibly. I'm Fully convinced. I kind of wondered, though, if Dwight, like, leaves the neighborhood after she tracks him down, because we never see Dwight again, right? No, we never do. (laughs) Yeah. He disappears. Well, Rory goes outside to turn off the sprinklers and accidentally turns them up. Yeah. Which it looks like she turns it right, which would be the correct way to actually turn them off. But it turns an additional one on. This is a jacked up sprinkler system. (laughs) Yeah, and she gets absolutely soaked. Unfortunately, she gives up. And she pages Dean. Mm-hmm. Now, off pod, we had a whole pages conversation Dean. about pages. We don't know how pages work. Someone from the early 2000s that had a pager, please tell us how pages work. I think that they were able to send like a text message. So I think she probably sent something to Dean along the lines of, help, I'm at Dwight's house? Sprinkler? Like, like something. My dad had a pager. It had like a single button on it and then like an on and off switch on the side so if it's something similar i don't understand how you can page another beeper from yours like i feel like you have to go from a phone <laughs> like you would dial the number you would hit pound and then you would do whatever for your message and that so yes if you yeah essentially let us know. somehow Rory, a page goes out Rory and Dean yes. invented texting is what i'm mm-hmm. figuring right. out and basically she she sends an sos he knows like i i how long is this sos that she can give all the information i don't know i don't care whatever she gets so flustered that she goes into town presumably to look for luke or taylor she mentions yeah, Taylor. she wants to find a man to <laughs> yeah. fix this problem. Just somebody she knows. And um, she literally runs into Jess. Who yes. 
immediately, like polar opposite of Peyton, Jess is literally bodily run into and immediately is like tuned into Rory, Chases following her down. Rory. Like, What's going on? You're wet. Like, yeah. Yeah, he follows her and then he stops her and genuinely asks her, hey, what is wrong? Yeah. And she doesn't even finish talking before he walks off to go help her. Yeah. My heart. You think he'd do that for Shane? No. No. But also Shane, I don't think, would ever <laughs> offer to water somebody's lawn. No. Jess- I don't know. We don't know Shane. Yeah, we don't no. know Shane. Yeah, we love Shane. I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. No, Jess, like, is like, oh, okay, I could fix this situation. Like, exactly. not a problem. Immediately. Right away. Let's go. I, I okay, all of us, all of us love Damp Jess. <laughs> I don't think there's a single Damp person Jess. who watched- the Gilmore Girls that wasn't like, hell yeah, that guy got wet in the sprinklers. There's no way he would get that wet that quickly. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of sprinklers. There were a lot of sprinklers. Um, He does look like he just took a dip in the pool or maybe got pushed also, in the lake. feel free to take that sweater <laughs> off, Jess. No, he looks great. He is, he's got this whole outfit on. Is It's meant to be dampened. He looks great. <laughs> and guys, they catch up for the first time since Suki's wedding. But this yeah. moment is so good. They actually ask each other questions. I love their chemistry. They have so much chemistry. Uh, and yeah. then Rory gets a page. And Theme's it's coming. And who, by the way, should have a cell phone at this point. But anyway. And Jess very sweetly turns on the sprinklers again. And leaves. I and feel like... Jess turning the sprinkler back on and walking away is as romantic to me as As You Wish from The Princess Bride is. Oh, yeah. It's like... I gush every time oh, I watch it. It's so Think sweet. back to it, too. Like, the last time Jess and Rory were together and Jess knew Dean was coming was the night that nobody... Rory wanted a night to herself. Mm-hmm. And he antagonized Rory and made sure he was there when Dean shown, showed up, specifically to cause issues well even in the grocery store after she came back and they had mm-hmm. like their confrontation he was like still with dean like he still wasn't cool with it this is the first time we see jess be like okay i'm not gonna get in the way of your relationship i'm not gonna make things friends. hard yeah yeah and it's such a sweet moment and i gotta think like this is an assumption but i gotta think rory kind of fell in love with him a little bit more that day you know Would what you i mean? mean oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that was the best scene of the episode. <laughs> yep. And now we're at Friday Night Dinner Part 2. Of course, Emily treats Rory like the golden child and Lorelai is, you know, the worst person alive because she said no to Peyton. Yeah. yeah. She's getting the extreme cold shoulder. Rory talks Lorelai yeah. into trying to make amends, which eventually just gives Emily what she wants, and Lorelai will go to Bowie to make her happy. Right? Yeah. It seems like that's how things are going to end, which I think Lorelai still comes out on top if that's what actually happens. <laughs> you get a free Bowie concert, and I bet he paid for drinks and everything, too. And dinner? Yeah. yeah. So just have fun at the concert. Get lost in the concert, maybe. <laughs> right? Like, if it's, like, standing uh, room these early. Are seats. Yeah. Flirt with somebody these else who's going to be seats. there in the expensive seats. Yeah. Anyways, the episode ends. Um, Lorelai and Emily kind of end in the same place they always are, where Lorelai feels bad for hurting Emily, and Emily gets one over on Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
guys, nothing happens in this episode that continues. Except mm. the Jess. Except That's Jess. like the only thing. Yeah. But Dwight is never seen again. Peyton is never seen again. Mm-mm. Nope. It just, it's just an episode. It's not a bad episode. I feel like I was maybe a little critical. I don't like the comments that they sometimes yeah. make. But the episode as a whole, I don't mind it. I actually mm-hmm. really, really love that scene between Rory and Jess. And yeah. I'll watch this episode just to get those five minutes. So, like... Yeah. And, like, I always love seeing the Oasis. Like, it's yeah. so weird. It's so funny. Like, Dwight is, like, a, a slightly nicer kind of Rune-esque character, right? Where you're like, mm-hmm. who is this strange He's... little man who's pestering Lorelai? Yeah. It, it's a silly episode. Yeah. La, la. But moving on to Townsperson of the Week, I mean, it's Dwight, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's new to town, but... Guys, I have an opinion on this Townsperson of the Week, and um, if it's not chosen, I might have to quit the podcast. I mean, I, think I have a feeling I know who she's going to I say. have one, and I, th- I think well, it's the same. Let's see. Um... It is Jess Mariano, and I will fight you. <gasps> He's a local hero. <laughs> he saved the lawn. <laughs> um, he was yeah, only in we... it for like five minutes, but like he um came to the rescue, and he also respected Rory and Dean for the first time. Pretty much, he dropped what he was doing, mm-hmm. which was clearly walk, just walking and reading a book. But yeah, yeah, which is a skill that I've always been jealous of. Mm-hmm. And he had that yeah. funny scene in the diner the brief moment yeah. of like genuine funniness <laughs> yeah um i will listen to any other options or it's fine to be fair other than like worry who we also didn't get a whole lot of i just don't feel like this was just a very lorelei heavy episode mm-hmm. i don't think she particularly i don't think she did anything necessarily i mean just the fat shaming comments and stuff like that yeah, yeah. it's just kind of not ideal this was a very, Emily like, middle-of-the-road Lorelai episode. Yeah. Can I give Jess Tom's person of the week, please? Yes. yes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, this is, like, really, it's the first time that we've ever had an episode where he doesn't get into trouble. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. He just, he helps. All right. Without expecting anything in return. Congratulations, Jess Mariano, Yay. on winning your first Tom's person of the week. I feel like season six will be a good season for you, but till then, Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. We'll see when you get it again. (laughs) Well, after Town's Person of the Week, we have References with Sandra. Weekly References with Sandra. Weekly References with Sandra. Okay, so for this episode, I'm going to focus on the title of the episode and a guest star, but maybe not the one you're thinking of. So first off, the title, we kind of mentioned in the episode, 8 o'clock at the Oasis is a reference to Midnight at the Oasis, a 1973 song by Maria Moldar. I hope I got that correct. The little jingle that the cuckoo bird sings uh, when it announces the time is actually copying the chorus 
of Midnight at, a, at the Oasis. Okay. So, like, the chorus is like, it's Midnight at the Oasis, whatever it is. Um, they just changed the time. No, no, continue, Sandra. No, 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 I'm good. Um, <laughs> the wiki page for the song is hilarious. So, oh. um, it says that this song is a saucy offer of desert love affair. And a reviewer, uh, Matthew Greenwald, describes the song as so sensual and evocative that it was probably one of the most replayed records of the era and may be responsible for the most pregnancies from a record during the 70s. (laughs) This song? I'm going to have to listen to this song now. No, you'll get pregnant. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The singer herself, Muldor has also acknowledged that people often approach her to tell her this song has inspired sexual encounters or played during first times or while conceiving children. Hey, thanks for making this song. It made me want to go F my partner. Basically. I mean, uh, who does that? There's like that other, like, there's, I feel like there's a few songs that have that vibe, <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics because I'm I like, mean, I have also looked up the lyrics. They're okay. Send your camel but to like, bed. <laughs> what? Come on. What is cactus that? is our friend. <laughs> uh, no. Cactuses don't belong in bed. I know your daddy's a sultan. This is so weird. It is really These weird. Um, one of the, can we just go back to Let's Get It On? One of the critiques that I got from this song that I heard uh, was people saying that cactuses are not in the Middle East. So it doesn't make sense that there's a cactus. Oh, great. But they are in the desert. Yes, but in the Middle Eastern desert where there's no cactus. Yeah. Anyways, um, it's on YouTube if you want to listen to it. I just wasn't expecting that description when I went on Wikipedia to look it up. Yeah. But up next, a guest star. So, I I mean, obviously, John Hamm is in the episode, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's Don Draper yes. from Mad Men. He's won awards, been in countless movies, and... You know, he's, can we he's handsome. can we do another quick reference to Mad Men? Yeah, our very own Alexis Bledel met her husband. Yeah, they just announced. I know there is divorce. a reason. That, yeah, yeah, I know. Very sad. But they have a child together. They were they married do. for eight years. Hmm. Yeah, and she was on Mad Men. Yes, I believe. I don't remember who she played. I really didn't watch it. I was like too young for it. Like I was I over kept... eighteen, but I was. I felt like I was too young for it. Yeah, I think I, kept I watched trying it a to watch years ago. it, and then I, I just I kept stopping. Yeah, it, it just wasn't my it show. Just didn't hold my interest. In. I believe he's in the new Top Gun. Yes, he is. Okay. Can yeah. confirm. So yeah, he's doing fine for himself. Let's talk about the voice of Doris, the angry wife. Anybody sound familiar? Do you know who it is, Jess? I saw that Emily uh, kind of peeked. Not off the top of my oh, head. I already no. knew who it was. It was Alex Bornstein. So, Alex Bornstein played Drella, the harp player, and also the future Miss Celine. Um, We're going to get in a couple seasons. She also plays Susie in The Marvelous Mm -hmm. Mrs. Maisel currently. And, and, you know, she's also Lois Griffin on Family Guy, which is created by Seth MacFarlane, who was on the episode, the, (laughs) uh, the graduation episode. And, of course, my first introduction of her back in 2003, she was a teacher in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. She was. That was. Yes. Same. God, she was Same. great. So, of course, I think you guys know this, but our audience may or may not know this. Alex was originally slated to play Suki mm-hmm. 
and they even did the pilot with her as Suki, but her contract with Mad TV prevented her from staying on. Although she does share one thing with Suki, and that's that she's actually married to Jackson, who is mm-hmm. actually named Jackson in and out of the <laughs> in show. Life. Yeah. Um, although they did divorce in 2017. But guys, I wonder how that would have gone. Like, do you think Jackson got the role of Jackson because his wife was going to be Suki? Oh, but it oh. it obviously wasn't a package deal because she left and he stayed mm. on. I mean, Jackson wasn't even in the first episode. Yeah, but it's such a coincidence that her like ex-husband... I just I feel like she was friends with both of them, mm-hmm. with Alex and Jackson, mm-hmm. and so like kind of made roles for both of them. Alex couldn't get out of her contract; that sucks. But, but they included Jackson's still Jackson, here. Yeah. Well, regardless, I love Alex Bornstein, but I do love Melissa. As Suki, mm-hmm. I yeah. miss her as Suki. I feel like we haven't really gotten Suki this season too much. No, yeah. her wedding was mentioned briefly in this episode. Lorelai mm-hmm. brought some pictures, but not a lot of Suki. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Alex is on Mrs. Maisel, and I feel like Family Guy is never going to end, so you can probably catch <laughs> her on Family Guy. But those were my references this week. Just... A very sensual song and a guest star that's not John Hamm. <laughs> uh, but up- that you never actually see. Yeah. Uh, but up next, we have a book with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily. So for this book this week, uh, we have Jess. Jess is running through the street. And goes to help Rory. He is reading a book when she bumps into him. And it is Visions of Cody by Jack Kerouac. So Visions of Cody by Jack Kerouac. It was written between 1951 and 1952. But not actually published in its entirety until 1972. It did have a small like 120 page partial version of it. That was published in 1950. Nine. Um, it was a signed limited edition, only 750 copies, but the entire novel at that point was considered unpublishable. Oh. So it wasn't actually published until 1972 after Jack Kerouac's death. It is derived from experimental spontaneous prose inserts that Kerouac added to the original manuscript of On the Road. Now we did discuss On the Road weeks ago mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the novel is a fast-forward of the events of On the Road, which, did you guys ever see the original Evil Dead movies with Bruce Campbell? No. So Evil Dead 1 happens. Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi directed it. And then Evil Dead 2 comes out. And Evil Dead 2 is, like, the first movie retold Hmm. differently, and then a slight continuation. So, like, Evil Dead 1 is Bruce Campbell and his girlfriend and a group of friends go to a cabin in the woods and weird hijinks happen. Mm -hmm. Evil Dead 2 is Bruce Campbell and his girlfriend go to a cabin in the woods. So it just, like, gets rid of the friends. Mm. And apparently it's something about the studio. Anyway, not the point. (laughs) But that's kind of what it reminded me of. Of it just, it takes a story that already exists and, like, summarizes, fast forward it, kind of retells it, but in a different book. Mm -hmm. Oh. It's interesting. Okay. So, but yeah, part of the novel is a fast forward of the events of In the Road about Kerouac and Neil Cassidy. 
Um, interestingly enough, he did guest star on the Steve Allen show in 1959, and while supposedly reading an excerpt from On the Road, he actually read the introduction of Visions of Cody hmm. while, like, holding a copy of On the Road in his hand. It's like nobody knew. But because the books are so intertwined, uh-huh. nobody knew. I mean, I've never read it, so I can't judge it. Like, I, I don't know. But it just sounds a little... Mm. Not my thing. Yeah. yeah. So the first section of the book is a collection of short stream of consciousness essays Kerouac called Sketches. They mostly describe elements of Kerouac's post-World War II environment in New York City. It's mixed with his internal dialogue. The second section is a straight-up transcript of taped conversations between him, Neil Cassidy, and occasionally Neil Cassidy's wife, Carolyn, as they drank and smoked weed. The last part is him recounting his travels with Cassidy and the effect it had on their relationship. For reference, the book itself, while based on him and people in his life, his publishers would not let him use their real names. So Jack Kerouac was renamed to Jack Doluwatz. Neil Cassidy was renamed to Cody Pomeroy, and Carolyn was renamed to Evelyn. There are also many more characters in the book itself, but just when I'm mentioning that, and if you read it yourself... That's, I use their real names, not their names in the book itself. Mm -hmm. What was interesting was the reviews of Visions of Cody. Oh boy. Most of the reviews are basically, and and I, I read through like 20, the top 20 on Amazon, and ranging from one star to five star, almost all of them say the exact same thing in one form or another. This will be great if you love Kerouac. Yeah. If you are a diehard fan. If not, maybe don't read it. Like, one guy went on a tangent. He's like, about the transcript. He's like, why? It was totally unnecessary. It's literally a transcript of them drinking and smoking weed. What is entertaining about that? Well, I mean, that sounds right up Jess's alley. Like, he seems does, like a real right? Kerouac kind of guy. So it makes sense to me that Jess would read it. So yeah, this is Jess just... Diving into pretentious high school teenage reading list. Yeah. Which I did the same, so, like, I can't judge, but I'm not sure I would recommend it. I read Catcher in the Rye way too many times to uh, judge him. I read 1984 way too many times. <laughs> I read the Warrior Cat series. If we're just going to talk about books that made <laughs> yeah. a big difference to us. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that was book Visions of Cody by Jack Kerouac. Kerouac is mentioned a lot in this series. He's referenced a lot. He has quite a few books. But anyway, after that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices with Jess. Yeah, so fashion this week. I feel like now we're getting into that cozy fall. We're getting a lot of those good sweaters. This wasn't a particularly great sweater episode, but we're getting into it. Jess's sweater, for example, (laughs) is a great look. He's got, um, I want to mention the boy first because there's only one that I'm going to discuss. Jess is wearing jeans and a charcoal ribbed sweater, and he looks the softest we've seen him in a while, which Mm -hmm. I always like to think about how the clothes inform the character. And this is not like camo Jess. This is not big, oversized, like, black pants Jess. This is 
comfy sweater, Jess. He's going to come. He's going to help you. And he's not going to ask anything in return. And I love that for Jess. This is also where we get the scene from the intro. Right, yeah. Mm, yeah. It is sensitive, Jess. It kind of gives... Like, this Jess, you can think, yeah, he's going to work for a publishing company. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, not... Especially with what he's reading. Yeah. Walking and reading, boy. (laughs) There's something kind of vulnerable about it. I just, like, this is one of my favorite things that I think we probably ever see on Jess. Especially because then he's got the wet hair and he just looks so clean. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. He finally, he finally got sprayed he down with a yeah, hose. He took a shower. So he's fine. You know, he hasn't showered in a couple months. Oh, no. Jess is a great guy. <laughs> anyway, jumping back into the titular Gilmore Girls fashion, um, our cold open look. I honestly, I think it's probably going to be a pretty divisive look, but I love Lorelai's look in this first scene. She's got these red kind of flared pants on and either a denim or like a dark blue button-up shirt with some embroidered elements on it. My notes say she looks like a cool single mom who is also a witch in a CW show. Like, that's the way I would write this outfit. I have a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, I, I think it was season two. She had that red, white, blue striped shirt that with she the wore red with pants. bright red pants. I wonder if these are the same pants. So she has at least two pairs of red pants that we have seen her in. Okay. Because there's one pair of red pants that has some kind of embellishment. And there's a less embellished pair. This could be the less embellished pair. Lorelai's wardrobe is so massive. And I guess it's a show, so that makes sense. But Yeah. I just remember saying those pants would look much better if it had a more solid, yeah. plain top yeah. than what that top was. And we have that here. Exactly. And she's also got, like, a choker necklace on. Lorelai's been mm-hmm. doing a lot more statement necklaces. Uh, I love that chokers are coming back, by the way. <laughs> yeah. They're super fun. Um, but, yeah. And then Rory's outfit, I would say, is pretty bland. She's got a red sweater, black pants, or jeans. I mean, her hair looks cute. That's the most I'll say for that particular outfit. They're the inverse. She looks very much like a 2000s kid. Yeah, the, exactly. They inverse yeah, they're yeah. red on top, on mm-hmm. bottom. Yeah. Makeup, incredible. Hair, incredible Always. in this particular scene. It's lit really well. This whole scene looks great. At the auction, I want to point out Lorelai's dress. She's wearing a gray knee-length stretchy dress with a twist front. Um, I really love this dress except for the sleeves. My notes, I call them half-assed bell sleeves. They're just like a little bit too wide to be a fitted sleeve, but a little bit too fitted to be a true bell sleeve. They just look like they got stretched out. But the shape of the bodice and like the twist front, I think is super flattering and super cute. And I think this would also be cute if it was like cut off at the waist as just a top. She looks really pretty. She does. Mm-hmm. I, the, I think her having that bouncy, curly, wavy hair that we're so used to seeing in later seasons, it's really coming into play. I love it. And I really think this is like Lorelai hair. When I think of Lorelai, this is the kind of hairstyle that I picture on her. Yes. Big, voluminous, looks done. It's not that super, super flat ironed hair we saw in the first season and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the date outfits. We already kind of touched on these a little bit, but there are two potential outfits that we have for her date. We have the first outfit, which they call the striped skirt burgundy sweater. 
which to me, it doesn't feel like a date outfit. It's this three-quarter length sleeve burgundy sweater with a square neck and a kind of brown skirt with a black lace stripe at the bottom. It feels to me like Thanksgiving with the family. Like, that's the vibe. Yeah. It's not... Work, maybe? It's not like a first date with a really hot guy who owns his own jet. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you remember when you're, like, 13 and you thought you were an adult? That is that outfit. Yeah. That is that yeah. outfit. Long yeah. skirt. It's like baby a- business casual. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not super cute. And I'm glad that she changes. So she changes into the pink and black with the flippy skirt, which... It's, I think it's like a sheer crossover top that she wears over the camisole she has on. And then she has, guys, the flippy skirt will be the death of me. I have never (laughs) figured out what makes a skirt flippy to these girls because every time we've seen a flippy skirt. It's just straight. There's no ruffle. There's like, it's just a skirt. Do we ever see the bottom of the skirt? I think maybe at the end when we um, see her leave with Peyton. That might be the closest we get. I don't love the pink and black. Um, Emily, I know you said that you liked it. I like it better than, than what the first had one. On. There's just something about it. So it looks like it's supposed to be some kind of floral print on the bodice, but to me it comes off as like kind of weird in camo. And then there's these sheer kind of balloon bell sleeves. Again, they're not quite tight, not quite loose. Um, they look like they're made of that fabric that you get like I don't know, scented soaps in a gift bag in, um, <laughs> which is a really weird description, but I I didn't I didn't love either date outfit. I think this is the better one in the long run. But unfortunately, this is also my worst dressed of the outfit. I really I really hated this top. It looks like camo in the front to me, and I didn't like that. And my best dressed is going to be cool single mom witch from the cold open. I agree with you. Honestly, thank you. I I didn't like either date out outfit. I thought they were weird. I feel like a dress would have been appropriate, like a simple black dress. Yeah, yeah. would have been great. Yeah, there's nothing really in this episode that I was like, oh my god, I want that. Or mm-hmm. I can't even. Emily think looked of amazing. Yeah, Emily looked great. Yeah, but I mean, there were no outfits of hers that you know I was what? like, yeah, I, well, I, I don't want wear any of. I want Emily's outfits, so. garden hat. Her, like, whole gardening yes. <laughs> vibe, it's very, like, earth tones. Yeah. And I just imagine, like, Emily going to the maid and being like, I'd like to go out and garden. Will you give me my shears and my hat? Like, <laughs> uh, no. We love Emily. Um, but yeah, that was fashion. Did I miss anything, Emily, that you loved or hated or noticed? I I would still say worst dress was the first day outfit. Yeah. But I can see giving it to the second one because she actually wears that one out. Yeah. Although, I mean, she was really up against a time limit there, so she didn't have a choice at that point. Either way, that was the fashion recap. And after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. All right. So I am going to start off with some comments that we had on our last episode, which, of course, hopefully you all know by now because you've listened. That was our special episode with our guest host, John Cabrera, um, who plays Brian in... Gilmore Girls. And still so cool. It was a really cool experience. (laughs) And we're really grateful that we got to share it with you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed. Um, But the day before we published that episode, we posted on our story asking because we'd hinted that something big was coming. We had to postpone for a week. And we asked, you know, what do you think is coming? And to Earth from Pluto, and both uh, also Ink and Ivy, 
both guessed that an actor would be joining us in the episode, and they were both right. So congratulations to both of you. You absolutely yeah, you get five points. <laughs> exactly. You right. knew what was happening. Five points to Gryffindor. <laughs> and we also got a comment on that episode when we posted it from Spentabulous, who said, I've only recently discovered your amazing podcast, but I am so looking forward to getting to this ep. We really hope that when you get there, you enjoy it. Like I said, we had a ton of fun. Um, and thank you to John and everybody at Remarkist for making that happen. Yay! After that, we got a message from, and if I butcher this, I am so sorry, Ananya. She says, I love, love, love your podcast, your chemistry, the details you get into with the characters and the references, all amazing. I was listening to That's the Rub Part 2 episode, and thank you for bringing it up that the entire debate around around Indian food smelling bad and you'd have to burn your house down after eating it is, in fact, offensive. Like, I'm Indian. I love the show, but each time they bring down the cuisine, it just doesn't feel good. Anyhow, I've been listening to your podcast for months while I do assignments or exercise, and I absolutely adore it. So thank you so much. I am very sorry if I butchered your name. We did try to find a pronunciation to be as respectful as possible, um, but my I just can't promise anything. <laughs> but um, you're right. Like, I mean, we saw it in this episode too, right? There's just comments yeah. that are just inappropriate, and yeah. um, we love the show. I guess it's of the time, eh. but the three of us love the show. But we are going to call it out when it happens. And then we heard from Gabriella as well. Hey, girls, totally forgot to comment about the last episode until now. When I applied for college in 2013-14, I had to do both online and mail applications depending on the college. So I didn't think it was that weird when Rory did it. Also, I must confess that I mentioned Gilmore Girls in my college essay. I don't even remember what the theme was, but hey, got me a small scholarship somehow. Nice. First off, congrats. <laughs> Which I guess yeah. it depends on the college. Like all the, co- I was applying in 2006, 2007. All the colleges I applied to was strictly online. So I guess it just depends on the college and the technology available. I only applied to like large colleges. So yeah, I applied to big colleges in 2011. Um, mm-hmm. And I did all online. But maybe if I'd been looking at smaller schools or specialty yeah. schools. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Gabriella and Ananya. We love hearing from you guys. Please continue messaging us and letting us know so up next Elle had a comment on our episode with john which to us right now was released yesterday so thank you for already <laughs> listening to the episode <laughs> Elle says okay but what if luke didn't want to go to his old high school again because of the legacy what if he wanted more from his life until his dad died and he was forced to run the store he didn't get to fulfill the legacy and going into the high school was just a reminder. I think that's a great observation. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. Honestly, that could probably be it. Like track star going to go to college yeah. on a huge scholarship. Mm-hmm. And... I love that depth to, to Luke. So mm-hmm. thank you, Elle. That's a really, really yeah. great point. It's a really good, yeah. And really then, good observation. Guys, the comments on this episode that um, 8 o'clock at the Oasis are in a word, uh, thirsty, maybe? <laughs> Good thing there's so much water in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, C. Renee says, I had better thoughts than this, I swear, but can we all agree, damp Jess. All damp in Jess. capitals. Uh, Punky <laughs> Monkey, which is a great name. And I think a new commenter. 
I believe so. Yeah, so welcome. It is. Says, uh, Jess should do all the scenes after hose down, particularly in that top. Yes, the sweater was good. <laughs> I'm going to be a little more thirsty and go particularly without that top, but sure. <laughs> and Sephron's Ninja says, I feel like the sprinkler scene had a daydream quality to it. And that's why I love it so much. That's kind of like what you were saying, Jess, that it's like soft, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like... There's a pause between them. Mm-hmm. It feels like they are the only people in the world at that moment. It's yeah. very reminiscent to me of the scene in Pride and Prejudice 2005 where they're dancing and everybody is gone for a moment. They're just looking at each mm-hmm. other. It's like that. But it, he's wearing a sweater and he's soaked from a sprinkler. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everyone who commented. I want to hear your thoughts. Like, tell us about the John episode. Like, I'm... You know, yeah. it just got released yesterday for us, and that was such a huge project for us. It was a long episode. Yes. <laughs> so, like, turns out we all talk a lot. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast as well. Speaking of the podcast, stay tuned because we do have an announcement over the podcast, and that will be at the end of the episode. La, la, la. Guys, we're ending the episode with coffee. And we got coffee again. They went to Luke's. I'm going to assume the second time that they went to Luke's that uh, they had Coke. Because they were never drinking from the coffee cup. They were drinking Mm. from the soda, like the water stuff. But Mm. they both drink one each. One cup of coffee each. I mean, that's coming up from a Zero episode last week. so. So Right? Yeah. Better than no coffee. Also some wine, I guess. Some Merlot. Guys, usually at this point we say goodbye. But today we have an announcement to make. So this is going to be a very honest and real conversation. So we started this podcast in April 2021. And it's been quite a ride. Three of us have become pretty close friends, I would say. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten Mm -hmm. a wonderful audience. We've I mean, we just did a podcast with, like, a cast member from Gilmore Girls. Like, that's insane. Like, I remember talking at the very beginning. I mean, like, wouldn't it be so cool if that happened? Right? And then it happened. <laughs> like, it's so cool. Um, this has been an amazing experience. Unfortunately, it's also kind of been an exhausting one. We each have individual lives, work, personal, a kid, and Emily. I also have one on the way. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm always tired. (laughs) Uh, We've had some great highs. I mean, we've been bridesmaids. We've traveled. We've gotten new jobs. Um, We've also had some lows. Mental health, loss, um, honestly, some grief. I recently, about a couple, four months ago now, um, my cousin passed away. And my family's still kind of dealing with that fallout. It's been a hectic year. And on top of that, We're doing a podcast that we have to record and edit and upload pretty much every week. So unfortunately, things do have to change. Um, As this takes roughly eight hours a week, depend for the person, especially for the person who is editing that podcast, um, it's just a little too much for us. And since it is just the three of us doing it, we need to figure out how to release content, but not overwhelm ourselves and still give us time to live our lives and be there for our families, for work, for what we need to be there for. Um, So we have decided on a new approach for now, at least. We will be releasing two main episode discussions a month, every other week, and those will be without our segments. 
such as references, media, fashion, etc. Um, but don't worry, we're not getting rid of them. We are just going to release them in a separate episode. So we will upload an episode discussion and the following week we will release an episode with our segments and those will alternate. And so we're not trying to scare you guys. We realize that this does mean less overall content and we we are sorry for for that. You know, that's not something we ever intended to happen, but we hope you understand and you stick with us. Um, this project really, it truly means a lot to us. This is something that we all love doing, but we do need to step it back a little bit so it's something we can continue to love to do and balance with the rest of our lives. So we want to give you quality over quantity. So you'll be getting two episodes a month, show-wise, four episodes total. Yeah, we hope you guys will stick with us. We're doing it for you, we're doing it for us, and we're doing this for our mental health. Yes. Um, I'm super proud of this project. I'm proud of all the, everything we've done. Like, we, when we started, we knew nothing about editing. Mm-hmm. And we've got into oh, a point, gosh, no. yeah, where we do know what we're talking about just a little bit. And I want to thank both of you for coming on this journey with me. I want to thank our audience for listening. And please, please, please stick with us. Like, we're on Instagram. You can hit us up there whenever. And we love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, please keep tuning in. Ultimately, we will still be bringing you four episodes a month. I think if we do have a month with five weeks, we will probably skip that follow that fifth week. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will always be four episodes a month every week. But thank you. Just I I love the conversations we have when we talk about the episode. We have random vents to each other about what's going on with our lives. We love the comments we get from you, the emails we get. Uh, it just it, this really has been such an amazing experience, and I don't want it to end. I just want to uh, give a little better within the context yeah. of yeah, our I lives. Just want, yeah. Yes. I'm trying to like ingratiate it into my life. Yeah. I'm just trying to fit it in the life better. <laughs> yes. Guys' words. So, yeah. Thank you again to everybody. We recognize that this might um, change the way that some of you like to listen to our podcast. I think it'll end up being shorter episodes overall. But we're still going to be bringing you the same personalities, the same thoughts, the same features, just in a different format. So, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. As always, yes. I was Jess. I was Emily. And I was Sandra. And thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. This is Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast with Sandra, Jess, and Emily. And you can follow us on Instagram at townmeetingpod and email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on Spotify and support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. If you like, send us a message on our answering machine at anchor.fm slash townmeetingpod and click message. Thank you again. We appreciate all of you.